and we're back. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Hawk Sense. I am your host, Alex Nicolau, and in this week's episode, we are going to be reviewing Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And of course, the first half of the podcast will contain no spoilers for anybody who has not seen the movie yet, and the second half will contain spoilers, but I will warn you guys when we get there. But without further ado, let's get into my spoiler-free review of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. The Daughters of Atlas have returned to reclaim the power of the champions from Billy Batson and his foster siblings in order to avenge their father's death and rebuild their utopia. Now, if you have read Shazam before and do not recognize the storyline or these characters, it's because it doesn't exist in DC Comics. These characters were specifically created for the storyline of Shazam! Fear of the Gods, and what's crazy about this story is that it works really well. Honestly, I think that this story is way better and more entertaining than the story in the first movie. And although it's nothing we have seen before, it worked so well because it played off of the God and Wizard theme that Shazam is known for, and all the dots were connected in a really well thought out manner, and it made for a really entertaining sequel. There was a very interesting dynamic when it came to all the Shazams interacting with one another, especially Billy and Freddy because they both have different intentions. Billy tries to act as the leader, you know, he's the main wizard, so he expects everyone to come together. But Freddy, being the superhero know-it-all, he thinks he could do everything on his own, and it leads to some great story arcs with Billy and Freddy. One of my last thoughts about the story, without spoiling it, obviously, is that it just could have been so much more. I feel as if this movie was seriously hurt by the pandemic, and all the drama that DC has been experiencing, so multiple things in the movie, including the story, were hurt. The action in this movie was pretty alright too, I mean there were a few great scenes, including the final battle, but the rest of it was just everybody landing these super hard blows that would knock someone back into a wall or far away, and when they got back up they'd go and hit the other guy back and you know the cycle just keep repeating. So I would have definitely liked to see more hand to hand combat. I think the acting was fantastic in this movie, and one person who I thought stood out the most was Billy Batson himself, Asher Angel. I think he is definitely sidelined in this movie because we see him mostly as Shazam, Zachary Levi, and not Billy Batson. But when he was on screen, he gave a fantastic performance. We also got to give it up for our three antagonists, Hespera, played by Helen Mirren, Calypso, played by Lucy Liu, and Anthea, played by Rachel Zegler. I think all three of these actresses made a very sinister trio and they did a very good job with their respective made-up roles. Lastly, of course, Zachary Levi, because he once again kills it as Shazam. He lives in this perfect world of being an insanely powerful god, but also a 17-year-old kid. He plays that so well. He is truly the most qualified person for this job, and I really hope he is still a part of James Gunn and Peter Safran's plan for the new DCU. When it comes to VFX and CGI, this film struggled immensely, dude. There were so many parts in this movie where you could tell it was either filmed on a green or blue screen sound stages, and it sucks to say, but it was one of the worst cases we have seen since Axel's floating head in Thor Love and Thunder. I'm honestly unsure if it was because of the pandemic or the DC drama, but either way, it was very iffy. But to defend it, the dragon in the movie and the other mythical creatures we see do look great, except for when they interact with some of the actors themselves, then it becomes a little fuzzy. Gotta talk about this, something that just wasn't my favorite thing about this movie was the suits. Like, I didn't mind them, but in my opinion, it was a serious downgrade from the original suits we saw in the 2019 film. I really like the simplicity of the suits from the 2019 film, 
And it, I was super open to having them be altered a little bit. But the way they made it like so different, super complicated with all these different textures, patterns, color shading, new belt, new gauntlets, new boot, and a new cape that has no hood just wasn't as good as the OG suit. One thing that I think we all know about, and I believe we talked about this on a previous episode with Matt and John, is just how much this movie seems like a filler. We all know that DC knows that the fans really want is Superman and Shazam versus Black Adam, and it sucks because we might have been super close to that, and it was just taken from us. But with everything that DC has been going through recently, I am hopeful that one day we will see that. I'm just unsure if our boys Zachary Levi and Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be able to reprise their roles as their respective characters at that time, because A, they aren't getting any younger, and B, they're kind of beefing right now. We'll talk more on that later, but one thing that is super peculiar is that this movie is performing terribly at the box office like terribly morbius made more on its opening weekend than shazam did right now even though ant-man also underperformed i don't think it has to do with like superhero movies in general i think it just has to do with dc i don't think general audiences care about dc right now they are very inconsistent and anyone who isn't a huge fan like me or you won't understand the DC drama as much and just appreciate the movie for it being a movie. But we also have to take into account that Shazam is just as mysterious as characters like Moon Knight and She-Hulk are to general audiences. He has not been in much media besides a few animated appearances and these other two movies which haven't done a great job of popularizing the character to these general audiences. But I honestly think it's because people are just looking forward to the new DCU and forgetting about the DCEU, and you can't blame them for that. Who isn't excited? But it's just super unfortunate that it's this movie that isn't performing as well as it should because it's going to hurt the franchise. Overall, I think Shazam! Fury of the Gods was a pretty great movie and did a good job as a sequel. It had all the elements of Shazam! that we know and love times two, and both Zachary Levi and Asher Angel kill it in their roles as Billy Batson and Shazam. The villains, the Daughters of Atlas, although not originally being from Shazam! comics, were a nice surprise and it complemented the tone of the movie quite well with their menacing attitudes and great power. I think the future does look bright when it comes to Shazam, but we will have to see what James Gunn and Peter Safran have in store for him and how the new Flash movie will affect Billy Batson and his family. But for my official, unofficial, spoiler-free review for Shazam! Fury of the Gods, I will be giving it a 7.5 out of 10. We will now be heading into the spoiler section of the podcast, so if you haven't seen Shazam! Fury of the Gods and you do not want to get it spoiled for you, I would click away now. One last chance, I'll wait. I'm being generous today, so I'll wait. We'll be going into Shazam! Fury of the Gods spoilers now. Gave you a few more seconds. Alright, let's go. So let's talk about the ending first, and I think it was pretty straightforward and honestly landed quite well. You know, Calypso, who has been described as the deadliest of the three sisters, betrayed both Hespera and Anthea, then went on to plant the golden apple in the Philly Stadium. Shazam and Calypso and her dragon, Ladon, have a huge battle in the stadium, ending with all three's demise. Then they bury Billy Batson's body, which I didn't expect whatsoever, and then Wonder Woman appears out of nowhere, restores the power of the staff, brings Billy Batson back to life, and restores the powers of the now good Anthea back, then dips like we haven't seen her since 2020, 
and like she isn't maybe going to get rebooted. Then let's move on to these credit scenes, and in the mid credit scene, emphasis on the mid, we see John Economos and Emilia Harcourt going to recruit Shazam to be part of the Justice Society and not the Justice League. The group with a dead Dr. Fate, Noah Centineo, another made-up character, and the goat Hawkman. I mean, we, we have to give it up to him. Now, I know everyone has had their fair share of time between either the Justice League or the Justice Society, but I just don't see a world in which this early on, they can try to set that up, you know? But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this may be something that could just be totally reset or dropped in the new DCU, but either way, it was just super mid. Now, the post credit scene is a little better, but it's still not what we were all looking for. We see an aged Dr. Savannah in a prison cell awaiting the arrival of none other than Mr. Mind, the evil caterpillar. Now, the reason I say this is a little better is because we are getting more comic-accurate Shazam villains, and I think although it's not what we wanted, it'll do for now. I keep saying what we wanted, but I really haven't shared it. I know we were all waiting for the Shazam fam to meet Black Adam. It has been brewing for too long, but now it looks like we will never get there. The future is looking very uncertain, not for just Shazam, but all DCU characters as we look into the future of the new DCU, but from what we are hearing, he might just get like a super soft reboot. James Gunn has already made it apparent that Shazam has always been kind of on his own distant plane in the DCU, and he will be transitioning well in the new DCU. But that still doesn't mean we have a new Shazam anytime soon. So as of right now, we don't know what the future of Shazam looks like. One last thing, we have some off-screen beef between The Rock and Zachary Levi. Now, this has been confirmed by Zachary Levi himself. He re-uploaded an Instagram story with all the drama saying that the truth shall set you free. Now, in the Instagram story, it confirms that members of the Justice Society, Hawkman and Cyclone, were supposed to come to recruit Shazam, but it was later changed to Amelia Harcourt and Johnny Economos because The Rock didn't want them in the movie. It was also confirmed that The Rock had planned to reconstruct the DCEU around his Black Adam and Henry Cavill Superman, but leave out Zachary Levi's Shazam. Lastly, in the Instagram story, it says that The Rock didn't allow Zachary Levi's Shazam to make a cameo in Black Adam. Now, bear with me here. I 100% understand that The Rock has been affiliated with Black Adam for years and was casted as Black Adam in like 2012. I get that. You know, the history runs deep between the two. But this is super rude, is it not? He's been holding back Shazam for years because he only wanted the spotlight on Black Adam. That's crazy to me, and honestly, I think that's super rude of The Rock. Anyway, to conclude, I honestly liked Shazam Fury of the Gods. I've said it before and I'll say it again. He is my favorite part of the DCEU, and I enjoy watching the movies very much. We'll just have to see how things will go after The Flash now that we know it's going to reset the DCEU and turn it into the new DCU. But for my official, unofficial spoiler review of Shazam! Fury of the Gods, I think I'm going to still stick with my score of 7.5 out of 10. But the podcast doesn't end there, everybody, because we do have some other news on the Marvel side of things. Victoria Alonso. Now, if that name sounds familiar, she was one of the executive producers at Marvel Studios. Specifically, she was the president of physical, post-production, VFX, and animation at Marvel Studios. She has been fired, everybody. Um, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's a whole little story that's happening, but it was, it was told that she had left 
but we just got that she'd been fired. And rumor has it that she was one of the main reasons for the huge CGI drama about the VFX workers at Marvel and for all the bad CGI we have been getting recently. She has also been described as a nightmare to work with, and if she liked you, you would move up in the company. But if you got on her bad side, doesn't matter how qualified for the next job you are, you wouldn't advance in the company at all. But as I said, it's all rumored, so take everything I say with a grain of salt, but from what it sounds like is that Marvel is just taking care of business. They notice a problem, and we've been telling them there's been a problem, and they're trying to solve it. And maybe the problem was Victoria Alonso, and we'll just have to we'll just have to see in the future. Now let's get into some fun news because we got an official first look of Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock on the set of Daredevil Born Again, which is now in production, everybody. That's so exciting. I cannot wait for this series, but we see him, Charlie Cox, as Matt Murdock on the streets of New York in a nice navy blue suit, no tie, button-down shirt, walking around with the cane and the iconic red lens glasses. Uh, super excited for this. Who isn't, you know? But we've been getting some interesting details about Daredevil Born Again in that Vanessa Fisk, Foggy Nelson, and Karen Page might all be recasted or will all be recasted in Daredevil Born Again. Uh, so it's kind of making this like a soft reboot. Now, I'm not 100% how on board I am with this. You know, I kind of like how the Daredevil series was, and I'm hoping it kind of didn't take a huge change from the Netflix series, but... Uh, I'm, I'm open to it. You know, I'm open to see what they can do with this, and I'm, I'm excited. Other than that, the superhero news has been kind of slow, but Spider-Man fans, we did get some news regarding two different Spider-Man projects across the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man 2 for the PS5, so get ready for this, everybody. Number one, we will be getting live-action moments in Across the Spider-Verse. What?! That could mean so many things, but I don't have anything on that now, so let's move on to the PS5 Spider-Man game, which Tony Todd, the voice of Venom in the game, accidentally leaked online that in August we'll be getting some major publicity and advertisements for Spider-Man 2, and in September we will be getting Marvel's Spider-Man 2 for the PS5. Let's go! But I think that about does it for this week's episode, everybody. But before I go, I just wanted to say I am so astonished by how many views the visual podcasts are getting. Uh, last week's episode reached over 100 views again, and I did not expect that. I did not expect that coming at all from this podcast. So it, it, it gave me an idea. I am working on this, right? It's, it's not coming soon. It's a work in progress, but I just want to update you guys. I want to make Hawk Sense. 100% visual and I'm hoping to do it before the summertime right I got one more year left at this school so hopefully that's one more year doing hawk sense right so I thought might as well make the most of it we'll see what happens here right so I'm just gonna update you guys right now I'm working on making hawk sense visual and that's all I got for you guys right now but once again thank you guys so much for listening I really appreciate you guys doing so if you have any questions about Red Hawk Media and maybe want to get involved, DM us and follow us on Instagram at redhawk.media. Message us any questions and then maybe say, hey, I want Alex to answer this question. Hey, I'm here. I will personally answer your question. Once again, guys, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.